Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. And by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugar cane, Three Roll is cane to glass. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. The global fast fashion market topped $21 billion in 2021. And by the end of 2022, that number is expected to exceed $23 billion, none of which will surprise you if you have teenage girls anywhere in your orbit. The need to keep up with the latest fashion trends is fueling an 8% annual growth in fast fashion, a rate that is unprecedented and largely attributable to the growth of social media. But some local entrepreneurs are bucking the mainstream with a fashionable trend of their own, vintage clothing stores and sustainable jewelry. With me today to discuss this is Josh Holder, owner of Time Warp Boutique, a vintage clothing store in Mid-City that carries original men's and women's clothing and accessories dating from the 1920s to the early 2000s. Josh opened the store in 2001, back before vintage clothing stores were really a thing. In the years since, he has grown the store to be one of the largest vintage clothing stores in Louisiana, with a selection of merchandise that also includes handcrafted, upcycled vintage garments, accessories, gifts, and jewelry by local artists. Josh didn't grow up wanting to own a vintage clothing store. Instead, he became enamored of the concept when he went into a vintage store back in the 90s and got hooked. He is from the Baton Rouge area and majored in history at LSU. He considers himself something of a fashion archaeologist, so it's sort of a cool marrying of your interests and your profession. Josh, thank you so much for being here today on Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. Joining me and Josh at the table is Molly Taylor Hatcher, a Louisiana artist and owner of Beneath the Bark Jewelry, which makes jewelry from locally sourced, reclaimed, and salvaged wood. Molly founded the business in 2014 after trying to come up with Christmas gift ideas for her family and friends and hitting on this creative concept. In the years since, the company has grown into a full-time business and brand that has earned Molly national recognition. In 2019, Beneath the Bark was invited to show its jewelry collection at New York Fashion Week, where it earned her press coverage in Vanity Fair, Vogue, and The Cut. Molly designs the jewelry sold at Beneath the Bark all the wood she uses is recycled from woodworker scraps. Molly, it is such a wonderful concept. Thank you so much for being here on Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. Well, Josh, okay, first of all, let us clear this up because there is an important distinction between vintage clothing and like what you do at Time Warp and thrifting. Correct. Tell us about the difference. Well, thrifting is mainly, it's, a, it's mainly donations. Yeah. So these are things that people discard and then resell mm -hmm. so it's kind of like a it's, it's just whatever they get in with vintage clothing it's much more procure, procured it's um you know hand selected by certain styles it's um you know like it's deemed worthy yeah you know it's wanted for its detail it's 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 design it's um 
distinctive nature of it. It's really not just whatever. It, it goes into more of like a category of, um, I guess, need. Right, right. Yeah, so. so do you all actually go out and find all of your merchandise? Or do you accept any donations? Or do you hit the estate sales? Or Well, when we, when we were um, a smaller shop and when we first opened, that's really how it was. That was like, it was... I had a little bit more free time on my hands, <laughs> Stephanie, to get to get those things done. Sure, so yes, sure. I would travel, find my stuff, then resell it. Wow! But um, now, as the business has grown tremendously, I now have a team that does that for me. So, our clothing comes from Austin to LA. It's handpicked by our team, and then it's shipped to us, and then we wash, clean, mend everything before it comes in. So cool! So it's coming from all over, all not over. just yes. Baton Rouge or Louisiana. Definitely. Wow. And speaking of coming from Baton Rouge in Louisiana, Molly, all of your wood is local. Yes. And where do you where do you find your wood? So I have like about four or five different woodworkers that I go to in Baton Rouge. I go to Jay Cut, Mitch Evans, Conrad Freeman. Okay. And so they just give me their scraps and stuff that they would usually discard. And so I'm able to take that and make jewelry out of it. Now, we said that you started in 2014 when you were trying to come up with Christmas gift ideas. What made you hit on wood, say, for instance, or wooden jewelry? <laughs> well, I was actually dating a guy who was a woodworker. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So I went downstairs, and I just started working with, like, you know, his scraps and stuff, and I made a necklace, and I posted it on social media, and that's how it all started. I had friends being like, oh, I want one, and... That's just how it started. And were you a, a jewelry maker at the time or just no. doing some other kinds of art? No, I'm, I'm a musician, oh. so um, I play music, but that, I've never made jewelry ever in my life. That was the first time I ever did it. And it, and it turned out that you had quite a knack for it. Yeah, I loved it. Total, I still do. I love it. Totally cool. And so, I mean, the fact that we're talking about upcycling, recycling, you know, this is a, a huge trend. I mean, oh, even yes. though I opened talking about the fast fashion industry, I mean, Y'all are the other side of it. Correct. And this is very much growing. What kind of interest do you see in Josh in, in vintage clothing? And what kind of growth? Obviously, your store is doing quite well. I feel like um, people today um, are very interested in not creating a carbon footprint. So young girls today, with the Internet at their fingertips, are able to understand and, and know their impact. Whereas before, when we didn't have so much knowledge about how we are damaging our earth and our climate um today they have that that knowledge at their fingertip yeah. and they just want to make a difference right. um and it's it's wonderful i see these young girls come in they're 17 years old and they're like i want to be eco-friendly i want to spend my money locally and i'm just like you are the woman of tomorrow like this is this is amazing to see these young kids doing some more than some 50-year-olds that I know, which yeah. is incredible. No, I think that's absolutely true. I see it a lot with my girls and their generation. They're, they will not buy new anything, Yeah, which is great. Great for you. <laughs> and it's, it's also trending, too, that they don't want to look like everyone else. Mm -hmm. So in today's, today's world, everybody wants to have their own little, you know, lane that they're in and not worry about what someone else is wearing or doing. So yep. it's all about having your own personality, just like your Instagram, your Facebook, any type of social media. You want to stand, you know, stand alone and not be the same as someone else. Well, that's that's I think that's a very good observation. Molly, who who is buying your jewelry and is there an average customer profile? Is it younger women? Is it older women? Is it guys buying it for their significant others? It's really all of the above. You know, I get anywhere from teenagers to, you know, women in their 70s and 
you know, I have men come and, you know, buy for their wives. I've made men's jewelry before. Okay. So it's just, you know, it's a big market. I mean, just like broad. Right, 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 right. And you're in, you're strictly online at this point and in other people's stores, but you don't have your own brick and mortar. No, one day I would love a brick and mortar. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Um, y'all are both sort of, I mean, not self-taught, but I mean, you didn't set out or go to school to be in these businesses. It just sort of happened and the sectors have evolved around you as, and grown as you have. Was it hard learning the ropes? Um, I don't think it was hard because I was such a sponge when it <laughs> yeah. came to the knowledge. Like I was just so excited to learn about it. And like every little detail I wanted to know more and more and more. Like I'm 47 years old okay. and still super excited to go to work every day and learn more. And I would consider myself, at this point, 20 years in, an expert yeah, on what sure. I do. So, I love it. That's fantastic. What about you, Molly? Well, I feel like I just went through a lot of trial and error. You know, it took me from the very beginning of not knowing anything mm -hmm. to where I am now. A lot of stuff happened mm -hmm. in between there. So, I'm so thankful I had all those, you know trial and error mess ups or, you know, tried this and then that didn't work so I went here. It was really, it kind of molded beneath the bark to where it is now. Yeah, she's perfected her own self and yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah that, that's really, really great. Josh, what, um, what decades or eras of, cloth of clothing are the most popular at the moment or does it change or like you say is it really up to the individual it does change and so does our our um selection so yeah. like every season we are just like we are looking at the vogue we are looking at l magazine we're looking at the runway we're seeing street style and finding basically the originals mm -hmm. for those mm -hmm. so like if 90s is on trend, that's all I'm buying. Interesting. Is 90s clothes because those are the things that people are going to want the the very the originals. Just like the designers go out today, they look to vintage to find inspiration of the details and then just apply it to today's fashion. So like if you go to Gucci, I just saw a fashion show of theirs for um for resort and it's a lot of 30s styles with the wow. sleeves. So they are they look and they plan out their um their next seasons by mm -hmm. looking at vintage inspiration. Do you sell a lot of the really older stuff, like 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s? or? It's not as, as I mean, in Baton Rouge, no, I do not. Mm -hmm. But we do have an online store, and when we do get incredible pieces in, those go worldwide. We can sell that to, you know, I never know where it's going and where, wow. you know, when it comes in as well. So it's really interesting to see how fast it does go. So what kind of price range are we talking about? I mean, is, the, is your stuff all really high-end? Is it all designer stuff or just quality clothing when it was made and now you sell it? At a yeah, I think for me, as far as my pick, I just make sure it's something that's relevant today. Mm -hmm. um, does it have detail? And is it in good condition? Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure my customer can, you know, enjoy these pieces for years to come as well because things are all very well constructed and, um, tend to just not fall apart. Mm -hmm. So um, really, I kind of go with where the trends go as far as my buying. And then sometimes there's staples that just are always going to be in our store. So this is what confused me when we talk about fashion, because you're, you're talking about the trends and 90s is in right now, but you're also saying that everybody wants their own style, right? And, and, and people do. I mean, you see everything today. Right. So like, what's really in style? Okay, so I'll explain this down. I'll, I'll, I'll break this down for you. Okay. So... Today, you go to Dillard's. Let's just use Dillard's as an example okay. or any other box store. 
you go to the racks and there's only going to be like seven or eight styles on that rack with 12 of each garment in each style. I mean, each size. Okay. So you have only those to choose from. Yeah. Well, the, my girls don't want to wear those six dresses. Yeah. They want to find an original with the uh, a different print, same cut, similar like style, exactly. And look. So there's because okay. there's only going to be one of those. I see. Rather okay. than six of the similar styles that are sold at the box store. Gotcha. So they want to be the the one wearing the original, and that's what makes it so fun for the hunt too. Like these young girls, they like to come in and dig. Wow. They want to find something that resonates to them and also speaks to them. Now, we also have some some customers who, they don't go trend at all. They want to do their own thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, okay. anything from clown couture to, you know, <laughs> completely just doing, you know, say it's 90s is in style. They want to do 70s. That's kind of how I was in the 90s. I was like, I was wearing 70s clothes. <laughs> it's great. And which was fun. You right. know, it made me feel good about myself and made me feel like I stood out. Yeah, I just wear my own vintage clothes from my own closet. And I definitely would have right. been wearing some Molly Taylor if I, had, <laughs> if I had the there chance back in the day. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Josh Holder of Time Warp Boutique and Molly Taylor Hatcher of Beneath the Bark Jewelry. And Molly, what inspires your style? How do you, or, or is it just the piece of wood? I, you know, I kind of let the wood speak for itself sometimes, mm-hmm. but then I usually just make stuff that I would personally want to wear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how I started, at least, you know? Yeah. Like, I just, you know, made stuff that I liked. So and 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 like the little necklace that you brought is is just beautiful and, and it's you. with gold. I mean, you source other materials to to make clasps and chains and everything with with the wood. Yeah, so I focus on high quality materials that are made to last. I want the jewelry to you be able to wear it for years and years and years. I use gold filled and sterling silver chains, um, and then you know the wood, mm-hmm. as you know really nice quality wood walnut in Louisiana sinker cypress I use um, sinker cypress pulled from like Maripal nice and so it just has very like a lot of history to Louisiana and did I see on your on your website that you then give some money back to like wood uh, conservation you know yeah I, so uh, we donate to common ground relief and that's in New Orleans and so um, they plant bald cypress trees along the coastlines of Louisiana to prevent coastal erosion Nice. Yeah, and so That's we awesome. donate a proceeds of the sales to go to that. Good. How how do y'all market? I mean, I mean you're mostly online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just social like media. Social media? Yeah, and then people who sign up for my um, mailing list, I'll send, like, little newsletters out. Um, is Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat or what's the yeah, so best platform I, for you? Basically Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And then my website, I think, is probably my number one because if you sign up for the newsletter... You know, you can get updates before I post it on social media so you can kind of get in this, you know, get in before everybody else. Sure. And do you do like craft shows or farmer's market, arts market kind of thing? So I do a lot of arts markets uh, and festivals. So I'll do music festivals or art festivals. Um, I have an art festival in November coming up in Covington, Three Rivers Fine Art Festival. Yes, that's a great one. Yeah. So I just and, and people actually buy stuff at those arts. Oh yeah, I mean, it's yeah. worth an artist's time to oh, show up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I always wonder that. That's great. What about y'all, Josh? I mean, is Time Warp so well established here in Baton Rouge now that you don't have to really market? Or oh no, we market every day <laughs> on our Instagram. We have we have that we have those um, those posts planned out weeks in advance. So 
um, it's still a huge draw for us. I mean, we want to make sure that every day that whatever we're doing, we're showcasing and um, still engaging with our customers because our our Instagram is still we're still growing as a company and online. So it's really um, it's fun. I find uh, our Time Warp Instagram not to be. You know, it's it's not stuffy. It's mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. we don't take ourselves very serious. It's it's fun. It's yeah. exciting. It's it's what it should be. What about paid media? I mean, do y'all do? Uh, I don't know. No, I do not any, do any. You like, don't really. No, nothing, um, like in 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 in, in register or something. We or do not. Like and the reason we used to a long time ago, and I found that it didn't really really work for us because that's print. So I'm probably only going to have that one garment that's mm-hmm. in that picture. So if I had a line of the exact same stuff that was all going to be in there for like six months yeah, to sell it, then it would be worth it. But that one garment is not going to really, the people that see that one garment is not really going to see sure, our sure. full selection. Sure. So now that makes sense. What about you, Molly? Are you on your own or do you yeah. have a team to help? <laughs> no, it's just me, little old me. <laughs> That's fantastic though. Yeah. You've made it eight years. Yeah. Right. And I've had like help, you know, every like now and then I've hired like one person to kind of be my assistant. Um, But right now I just do it myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Start to finish. I mean, when we talk about like climate change and all of these, you know, global crises and, you know, and the pollution on the planet, as I mentioned earlier, sustainable business practices and upcycling is more important than ever. Do you really see growing awareness of it even in little old Baton Rouge where sometimes the thinking isn't as forward as, as some of us might like. Yeah, I, I do. I don't, Molly, I'm sure you do as well. The, your customer is kind of the same. We've had, yeah. right, right. we've had, we share, we've shared a lot of friends in common, a lot of uh, customers in common. And I mean, she's even done pop-ups at my place and have been successful. So I feel like everything that she's doing, my customers respond to as well. And, and it's, it is critical that people pay attention to that and, um, it's like got to start somewhere. Yeah, and you know, we I'll could be honest be the with you, people who do these it. younger kids, I'm halfway finished. You know, yeah. <laughs> we're they're not. Yeah. So it's important that they really do pay attention because right. they're the ones who're going to be here 30, 40 years more than we than we are. So you're going to outlive us all, Josh. <laughs> I, I probably will be an old dinosaur, but um, <laughs> I think it's important for them to actually, you know, they're yes. woke. They're ready to make it happen. Yes, and it's important. It's going to be interesting to see as, as they come of age, huh? Yes. Okay. Um, tell me, Josh, about like the most interesting, I don't want to say outlandish, but like your favorite really cool outfit or article of clothing that you have had. Oh, there's been so many. Um, who maybe circle back to me on that one because <laughs> I'm going to have to think because there's been so many. Um, well, I'll, I will just talk about this one that I just recently got in. There's a woman, um, and I really don't know how to pronounce her last name, but her first name's Pat. Mm-hmm. And she has created Western wear since the 80s. Okay. And um, maybe even the 70s. I'm not sure about her 70s pieces, but her 80s pieces are amazing. They're made from, like, hand-cut leather strips. Um, she uses rhinestone fur. Nice. And they're incredible tunics that like go over the shoulder. It looks like something like uh, in Labyrinth with um, yeah. David Bowie would okay. wear. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're insane, and they're considered wow. Western wear, but they're outlandish, cool pieces. And they have fringe that all come all the way to the ground, and then you just put it on, and it feels like armor. 
Nice. Like you're just the coolest person on the planet in this. And right now I have a, um, like an ombre purple and black one that just went online. Okay. And we've sold a green one in the past. So they're kind of, they're definitely one of a kind pieces that um, are handmade and the, there is no two alike, which is really interesting. Yeah, that is very, very interesting. And you mentioned your online sales. How, how, I mean, how, I guess, what percentage of your business comes from the, the out-of-town online sales? Um, right now we're doing around, in fact, I did that, those numbers this morning. Um, it's about 8% of our business okay. is online, okay. which is growing. So it's healthy and growing, for sure. Yeah, which um, I'm, I'm okay with that. I think that a national average for a company is like 3%, which yeah. I was like, whoa, I'm above average. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's exciting to see. That's very encouraging because yes. I think that's where the growth will really come from. What about you, Molly? I mean, all of yours is online, but are they local customers pretty much? Are you selling out of state? Do you have something of a little national following? At this point, it's just all over the U.S. and I've had some overseas. Um, That's great. Yeah, so it's really nice whenever I can like print something out and like 95% of the time I have no idea who it is. So it's really good. Sure. You know. And and when you were featured in those magazines or you know those write-ups after Fashion Week, that's huge. Yeah, that was. Did a you? What kind of feedback did you get? I mean, did oh, you see a bump in sales right away? I did. I, it was a really good feedback and everything. But then right after COVID hit, so it kind of oh. you know it was going great, it was going great, and then all of a sudden it was like pause life. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, and and how long do you think that lasted? I mean, was it through the whole? 18 months of COVID or was it just during the immediate lockdown that it was really bad? Well, so much has happened since COVID, you know, like, you know, had a baby and all that and we moved. Congratulations. Yeah, life is happening. Life is happening. Life is getting in the way. Yeah. So, but you know, it's, I'm starting to see it pick back up and stuff. Everybody's starting to want to go to festivals again and markets and, you know, kind of be out again. So Mm -hmm. I'm starting to see it go back up. And is New York Fashion Week the kind of thing that you get invited back to twice? I mean, yes. Like so you might get another bite at the apple. Yes, they already invited me, <gasps> so I'm just waiting to kind of get my bearings together, if you will. And are you working on a new collection for the? Yes. For the week, I guess, yes. or whatever it will be. Yeah. And models will wear it on the runway. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was really fun. Like the first time I did it was a life-changing experience. I had to keep pinching myself. Wow. I was so proud of her too. And so, so, and you all know each other as, as we've yes. p- sort of picked up here in the conversation and have worked together. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've known Molly for, Josh. I mean, um, <laughs> forever. I yeah. Like. I consider like these, my, the, you know, her generation is like my kids cause they, you know, her, her age group worked for me years ago. Yeah. You know, there, it's just, we've all known each other. It's like Little family. also, you know, being a part of mid city, it's sort of a cultural district. Mm-hmm. It's where the young mm-hmm. people go. It's where, mm-hmm. it's where cool people flock together. It's not yeah. like. The pedestrian Segan. I hate right. to say it, but it's no, a, it's you okay. Know, you can say it. We have a little community and <laughs> safe we sh- space you know, here. We help to we 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 help each other shine. Basically, I think that's another thing too. It's like I promote her, she promotes me. It's a happy family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas I don't see that happening in certain parts of Baton Rouge or in no. little neighborhoods. It's like I totally agree, and and I was glad you mentioned each other's backs. <laughs> yeah, because I wanted to mention Mid City, and I mean we've watched it evolve and grow over yes. the past couple of decades and and you feel like it's on a good trajectory oh yes um i mean from 20 years ago our little section <laughs> I, I mean to be honest there was a building the the architect firm that's beautiful in there now mm-hmm. next door to us looked like something that had been bombed and burned <laughs> like for 12 years it was a eyesore on on government wow and now 
you know, you have all these flourishing small businesses, just like it was years ago. Mid-City was the place to be sure. back in the 50s and 60s. I mean, my shopping center, I don't know if y'all knew that, but we were a theater. Wow. It was Ogden Park Theater. I didn't realize So that was that. a movie theater. That, that whole section was. Okay. So, which is really, there was like a drugstore on the end and a movie theater. And then it's been, you know, compartmentalized over the years and taken down and then, you know, different businesses have been there. But, um, yeah, the Mid-City was the place to be. I mean, the Garden District's right there. It's never been not amazing. It's always been a great, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so exciting. And Molly, any plans in the immediate future to open a, a brick and mortar or? Right now, no, not at the moment. Um, I have like 95% of my sales are online. So it's really nice to like, you know, kind of work in my little shop at home and like do my thing. But one day I'd love to have a brick and mortar. But that's a one day. Well, I think <laughs> you all are both on your, well on your way to, to achieving future, future dreams and goals and uh Y'all are doing great. Josh Holder and Molly Taylor Hatcher. It's been so nice to hear from two entrepreneurs who are bucking the fast fast fashion industry and creating and selling lovely pieces of jewelry and clothing in smart, sustainable ways. So thank you for sharing your stories with us today and for making Baton Rouge a better community. Thank, thank you, you so much for having us. us. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Josh Holder of Time Warp Boutique and Molly Taylor Hatcher of Beneath the Bark Jewelry. We had to edit this show to fit into our time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and learn more about Time Warp Boutique and Beneath the Bark Jewelry by going to our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media photos are taken by Eric Otts. You can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at at Acro, that's A-C-R-E-A-U-X. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by JT O'Neill. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansour's is open for lunch daily, 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. And by Three Roll Estate Craft Rum Distillery, crafting premium rum from their own Louisiana sugarcane. Three Roll is cane to glass. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.